Welcome to the 5QS Podcast, a show that gives listeners a peek into the world of some of India's most fascinating individuals. Expressing oneself has never felt so seamless until we came across this fluid personality and all that she has to offer. Finding a single post of her on Instagram sucks you into the ambient vortex until you end up watching all of her content. Her wit and her presence has a personality of their own. It is with immense pleasure that we welcome our guest for today, the one behind short-haired brown queer, Prathna. It's a pleasure to have you here to talk with us, Prathna. Hi, Yash. It's really a pleasure to be here and that is a very kind introduction, so thank you very much. So, uh, before we start our five cues, uh, if you don't mind, would you like to share about your childhood, how it was? Because uh, being raised in such a heteronormative society, it must be challenging for you. Yeah, it was definitely quite challenging to grow up uh, in a heteronormative society, you know, presenting and being the kind of person that I am. I think, uh, you know, my childhood especially was very affected by the fact that uh, Look, since I was three years old, I've always wanted to express myself a certain way, uh, dress in certain clothes, have my hair look a certain way. And those certain ways were always considered to be, you know, stereotypically masculine. I liked short hair, I liked colors like red and black, and um, I liked comfortable clothes, t-shirts, pants, and I did not enjoy wearing dresses and frocks and, you know, frilly lacy tops and pinks and it was just a very, very natural preference because I felt that way since like the age of three, four, and you know, at the age of three and four, you really, you really don't expect children to have such strong views about their own personality and self-expression, but they do, and I did as well. So I do think that because I wanted to express myself a different way as a child, I was always a little isolated from most other children my age. Because, you know, most children are quite happy to, you know, wear what their parents tell them to wear, wear dresses if they're girls, wear pants if they're boys. You know, it's easier for them to fit into that because it maybe relates more to their own natural preferences as well. But for me, and I'm sure for a lot of other kids out there, it's not always the case that your personal preferences fit in with, you know, what society is telling you to do. And, you know, when your children, no one really takes you very seriously because you're just a kid. I mean, you don't really know any better. But that's not true. I mean, children do have a strong sense of self. So yeah, I I was I was quite lucky because I had parents who did allow me to you know dress the way I wanted and have short hair and all of that. Even if it meant that you know a lot of people thought I was a boy. You know, a lot of neighbors and family members would be like, oh, why are you letting her dress that way and this and that. But still, you know, they wouldn't let it affect me too much and they let me be uh, you know the way I wanted to be. Mostly because maybe they thought I was a child and I would grow out of it and, you know, become normal soon enough. But uh, clearly that was not the case. I continued to want to express myself in what is considered a stereotypically masculine way, but for me, it feels very personal. So, yeah, it was a bit of an isolating experience and mm-hmm. there was a lot of guilt, you know. Every time I would go shopping with my mother, it was like the worst day of my life because I had to you know, pretend to like things in the girl section and buy one or two things from there just to make her feel a little better and like, you know, put her at ease and because she'd be so so worried that I wanted to just, you know, wear pants and shirts and shorts and all of that. But yeah, eventually, I do think that uh, once I realized that, you know, 
what I was doing was normal and there were other people like me who would also, you know, want to just dress the way they wanted and have hair the way they wanted and be attracted to who they were naturally attracted to. I felt a lot better and, uh, you know, the main problem I think with my childhood was a feeling of isolation, like there was no one else like me, no one else who looked like me and, uh, you know, once I became a teenager an attraction was something that was part of the conversation, I realized that I was attracted primarily to women. So mm-hmm. that was like an, an added bonus, you know, weirdo feature, like uh, as if the clothes <laughs> and the hair wasn't yeah, enough. Yeah, <laughs> now I wanted to be like dating a girl instead of dating a boy. So it was a lot to deal with. But I do think that I'm, I'm so proud of myself that even as a little child, I was had enough conviction to just do what I wanted to do and not like, you know, give up on it. So yeah, I do. I do have this whole Instagram page and YouTube channel just mostly uh, to make someone maybe younger or older just feel more comfortable with themselves. Right. Yeah. So uh, let me be honest. So before this, uh, before we uh, came up with the idea of this podcast, uh, I didn't have any knowledge about that or I didn't take any effort to know more about it. And I guess I I feel very sorry for that because, you know, as a part of the same community, same society, uh, it is very necessary to get yourself, you know, with particular knowledge before you comment on anything. A lot of people in nowadays, what they do is they just comment before knowing about what really it is. And I guess that becomes challenging for all the kids who want to express themselves and that becomes a kind of obstacle for them. The point was that only that uh, to gain yourself with that particular knowledge before you say anything out there. True, and then only we can break those uh, stereotypes and those preconceived notions or thoughts that society has. Yeah, that's true. I think um, especially when dealing with younger people, I think the vast majority of our society uh, especially when you know something new comes up that doesn't fit into our idea of what's normal, even if it's yeah. perfectly harmless, it just cons- it's just you know dealt with a lot of fear and a lot of like rejection. Like you know, don't even think about doing something like that. And when a child hears that, and you know, a child is told to always listen to you know his or her elders, it's very difficult to like you know have yeah, a good perception of it yourself. So yeah, you're very yeah. you're very right in what you said. So, uh, what was the turning point? I mean, when did you open up and all started with the page and everything? So, uh, I think opening up and uh, being, you know, openly queer uh, for me was very different than actually uh, starting my page. Uh, for me, being openly queer was being able to come out to my friends in school and college. It was, you know, being able to. So for a long time, I sort of, you know, uh, tried to conform to society's norms, you know, uh, around yeah. the age of like 14, 15, when I realized that, you know, uh, there were so many things different about me. I felt very exhausted, you know, being different all the time and just feeling so confused and feeling so, you know, conflicted. So I really did try very hard to sort of fit in with society's norms because I thought, hey, it's not so bad, you know, if I shop from the girl section every now and then and if I wear some purples and pinks and you know if I grow my hair out a little bit longer you know if I was more like you know the friends that I had in high school were all like very comfortable with their femininity 
तो आई वॉज लाइक मे बी आई कैन ऑल्सो बी कम्फर्टेबल विद इट बिकॉज यू नो दीज फ्रेंड्स आर रियली फुल पीपल सो मे बी आई कैन ऑल्सो बी मोर लाइक दैट यू नो इट वॉज सॉर्ट ऑफ लाइक यू नो मैन यू नो टीन एज लाइक पीपल्स परसेप्शन एंड पॉपुलरिटी एंड ऑल दे मैटर सो मच एंड आई वॉज एग्जैक्टली इन दैट प्लेस वेर दैट पॉपुलरिटी एंड एक्सेप्टेंस स्टार्ट मैटरिंग अलॉट टू मी अलॉट मोर दैन डिड वन आई वॉज चाइल्ड सो आई ट्राई टू कन्फर्म आई ट्राई टू यू नो डेट बॉयज एंड all of that is i really did want to give, give it a good try because you know life would be so much easier if it worked out <laughs> but uh, i think doing all of that really just uh, gave me more conviction when eventually i realized that this is not me and it's very unfair to me to be doing this to myself so yeah. i think once i stopped you know uh, keeping my hair very long and you know i stopped wearing clothes that i was so uncomfortable in i that was when i was actually started to be more open with myself mm-hmm. and with other people as well and you know a lot of people will think that you know it's just clothes it's just hair like what is the big deal like you know it's superficial it's not it's not important it doesn't define yeah. who you are as a person but you know that's such a a convenient statement to make because it means you've never struggled with those things yourself so you don't understand how how pivotal it can be to your self confidence and self esteem I think you could take like the most confident CEO in the world or the most like you know charming actor in the world and if you put them in clothes they are not comfortable in and if you like you okay. know if the if a CEO couldn't walk into a meeting room with his well pressed suit and like slick back hair like <laughs> there is no way he's going to do a good job okay. in anything so it does matter you know and it matters no, more yeah so definitely so i think yeah being more open once again in my adulthood about Uh, you know my expression and my attraction towards other women was definitely a turning point and uh, you know i had a lot of friends who were very kind to me and supportive and uh, they didn't make it a big deal you know they right, would just right. instead of like bugging me ask me hey do you have a boyfriend do you have a boyfriend they'd be like hey tell me what you got and tell me what you got it's a very natural switch for a lot of them so i really appreciate that that's great I think that helped me be more uh, open enough to have like an Instagram channel and a YouTube page and all of that because uh, I really wanted to offer like some sort of uh, representation to mm-hmm. other people who are like me because I spent a very long time on the internet trying to uh, find representation for myself you know because um, yeah. I never saw myself in a lot of stories and a lot of you know uh, movies or shows or anything and I felt very sad i was like sure like there must definitely be more people from the lgbtqi community in india you know i'm not asking for lgbtqi community from america europe australia it's it's different they have hmm. different society different lived experiences and it's very nice to see them and it it helped me a lot but i wanted to see people who are you know from like the indian subcontinent who share some culture and like skin color or something with me you know and mm-hmm. uh, really you really don't find a lot of like openly lgbtqi people on the internet and it is you know slowly definitely getting better there are more people who are willing to put their story out there and i really wanted to be one of those people as well so that was more of like uh, oh this is something i really want to do it was like <laughs> yeah more of a, a passion that i wanted to follow than like a comfort that i wanted to come into as being openly yeah I think uh, the you are the point where people are going to you know from different part of our country going to see you and will try to express themselves definitely. <laughs> I agree. Yeah, I hope so. It's a 
very <laughs> difficult thing to do but i hope it helps someone yeah, yeah. so uh, let's jump to our five cues uh, first one your content takes a multitude of creative forms when it comes to videos there are short videos and longer videos do you have a personal favorite and why so i'll be honest when i first started i only wanted to have a youtube channel because you know i'm a big fan of youtube and uh, you know I, i watch a lot of videos i follow a lot of channels and hmm. i really like the fact that you know in the larger picture of things content and making content and making mainstream content is not just up to media houses now anyone with a camera and like good quality content can be viewed by like thousands and millions of people and you know there's such quality film making and narration and stuff that goes into it now it really helps people and you know it can be very informative and so i'm a big fan of youtube and like when i was growing up i would watch a lot of you know queer youtubers from the lgbtqi community so it made a lot of difference to me to see like you know real people just interacting with their partners and you know being comfortable with themselves and you know cracking jokes about like being gay and being a lesbian and all of that it was right. very very helpful to me so i really wanted to replicate that form of content more than anything like you know a sit down vlog style but uh, yeah, you know yeah. just like adding a few more jokes in there not being too serious not taking myself too seriously so i really wanted to make youtube videos and uh, i actually got on instagram just to promote my youtube channel more but okay. you know the thing with short form content especially on platforms like instagram is it's very rewarding you know Uh, right, right if you have like you know a good enough reel it can reach like you know thousands more people than your youtube video ever will so and you know there's a lot of interaction and the comments and the likes and everything I, and it was so easy for me to make you know i need only like an hour to make short form content and it takes me like you know three or four days to make a youtube video and yeah. so i've got hooked on doing the easier thing because uh, i realized that even like making money off of youtube is not easy in india because you mm-hmm. don't really get paid a lot in compared to other countries yeah so i decided to just you know do instagram instead so you know i i do like making short videos i think it's very fun to come up with ideas for it as well okay. but i do think you know short short videos tend to usually be on platforms like instagram and instagram can be very like you know unkind to its content creators sometimes yeah and you know it be- becomes a little nerve-wracking to be on the platform sometimes and uh, i generally i do prefer making youtube videos i just feel like you actually get more information out there and it's more authentic uh but i do think that uh, you know they both have their pros short videos just reach so many more people and you know it's easier to be funny and lighthearted and yeah yeah and it doesn't take much time you know exactly it's like making maggi versus sitting down and like making one nice tandoori right. mughlai meal or something <laughs> yeah totally yeah so uh expression is key but is also challenge as the onlookers are many do you have a particular milestone in your life that you go back to for the very necessary strength you need Yeah, I think um when I do f- I think the most uh, challenging part of trying to always express yourself is trying to ensure that expression is always genuine and authentic because I truly do believe that the minute you uh 
create and express just because you have an audience and just for your audience you really do lose out on all of your authenticity sometimes especially for me because uh, what i'm trying to yeah. do is create very authentic you know queer content and i yeah. want to create it majority for the lgbtqia community who may want to watch something like that i don't want to you know uh, get caught up and start wanting to appeal to a mainstream audience because you mm-hmm. have to you know be inclusive then to the mainstream audience as in it has to be like easy to understand or like you know more educational or you know less yeah. of a lived experience and more of a informational educational thing and i really don't want to do that uh this yeah. one this one video that i made on instagram uh it got like almost like a lot lot more views than my content usually does and i was wondering why and i realized it was because i just cracked a normal joke about you know uh getting parental approval and stuff like that it didn't really feature mm-hmm. you know anything about the lgbtqi community it didn't have words like gay or lesbian or queer in it you know so i realized that it appeals to a big audience automatically you know mm-hmm. so it's very easy to want to do that but it's not my purpose here you know if i was a straight person there's no way i would come anywhere near social media because <laughs> i do think it's a very mentally exhausting place to be <laughs> yeah it's only because you know i feel like there are certain experiences i've had that are worth sharing because they're rarely ever mm-hmm. shared that you know that's why i want to create this content so that's definitely my challenge when it comes to this ensuring that you know i'm doing it for myself and not for onlookers So I think a particular mm-hmm. milestone in my life might be you know the very first time that I decided to upload a YouTube video so it was basically about me uh trying out uh, the dating app Bumble for the very first time okay. and it was actually the first time I'd ever tried it out because I had been very uh, in very serious relationships before that so I'd never really done the casual dating oh. so very fun for me and literally at that moment i was like in some online class and i was very bored and i was wondering what am i doing with my life you know i want to do something fun and interesting <laughs> and i just sat down and i filmed that video very spontaneously without any worries about like qual- camera quality and lighting and you know yeah. all of the things you're supposed to worry about but that make it very hard to start so yeah. and i was spontaneous in that moment and i didn't think too much about what people would think i just thought about how much i would enjoy it So I do try to keep that spirit alive as much as I can. Okay. okay. Also uh your relationship with fashion is splendid if I say that is. What does it mean to you? So um you know when I was younger I thought I was very unfashionable uh, because uh, I think my relationship with fashion is a very new thing. and for you to say that okay. oh you know it's actually a nice thing is also is. still uh, <laughs> yeah thank you thank you so much it's but you know it's still a surprising compliment for me because i have this perception of myself that i i don't really know how to dress because when i was younger i would prefer to you know wear all of this you know baggy masculine clothing like i'd be wearing my brother's old t-shirts and this and that and mm-hmm. i was never particularly well dressed when i compared myself to all of my peers in high school and middle school and all of that and i was quite insecure about that because you know uh, they were all be dressed uh, very well and i thought you know they they knew what they were doing in terms of fashion and i felt like i did not know what i was doing in terms of fashion also because i was a little bit of like a 
a heavier child. So that always played into the way I dressed and the sizes I wore and everything. And generally, it was just like a point of supreme underconfidence for me. Like the first time mm-hmm. that I went out to a mall with my with my friends in high school to hang out. And, you know, it was the first time I was not wearing uniform in front of them. You know, I was wearing my color clothes and I had gone. And they looked at me and they were like, oh, you, you actually, you, you dress nicely. Like they were surprised, <laughs> you know, because they expected so little of me. And I also expected so little of myself. <laughs> so, you know, I think because I never really wore clothes that a girl is supposed to wear, I always thought that I was very bad at fashion and I was very insecure about it. Uh, and once I realized actually that I could just wear whatever I liked to wear, my relationship with fashion improved a lot more because then it was more authentic. Once I realized that, so what, okay. So what actually happened is when I joined college, I was uh, expected to wear kurtas and, you know, churidas and stuff to mm-hmm. my college because that's what the uh, my very conservative college's dress code required. And I was very petrified to join college because of that very reason. And I had made all sorts of grand plans to like print my own kurtas with like, you know, memes and spongebobs on it just to get away with it. And uh, then my course actually allowed me to wear formal clothing, like Western formals and shirts and trousers and suits. And I had a uniform that was a black and white suit for a very long time. And that made me very, very comfortable uh, with myself wearing that. That's when I realized I really okay. enjoy wearing like formal clothing and it made me feel very confident and comfortable and uh, it was just like a moment of finding clothes that I totally did like to wear and I could wear it in my you know uh, educational setting and in my personal setting and that's when I really came into fashion I feel when I realized that oh this is what I love to wear this is like you could put me in any situation and if I was wearing a suit I might be able to handle that situation a lot better (laughs) than if I was wearing anything else so I do think that's when I really tried to, you know, do my best with wearing a suit and figuring out, you know, what what is fashionable, what isn't, and just creating rules for just myself so I could feel more comfortable with what I was wearing and confident. And yeah, so I would say my relationship with fashion is a very recent phenomenon. And uh, I'm very grateful that, uh, you know, for every like kind word that I get about it, I'm just like, oh, wow, thank you so much. That's so nice of you to say because it makes the little teenager that still lives on inside myself very happy about it. Exactly. And it's more about how you carry and how you feel in those type of clothing, you know? Yes. And that is what makes it great, I guess. Yes, definitely. So, uh, what will your words of advice be for those who want to express their feelings out into the world but do not know how to? So I do think that the, uh, I mean really I, I can't, I never, I never can offer advice to other people because everyone's situation is so unique and personal, but I always just choose to maybe uh, share something that worked for me and maybe it would work for someone else as well. And um, I think when, you know, you're trying to, when you're starting to realize that maybe the person that you're told that you're supposed to be doesn't actually fit the the person you actually are. It's a very difficult situation to be in. And I feel like a lot of people are in that situation. It's not just people from the LGBTQI community who struggle with their sexuality and gender identity. 
I feel like we all, you know, really struggle with that. Yeah, there's a lot of people who struggle with it in terms of their career and, you know, the the passions that they want to follow. You know, we're told to right. get into certain fields and, you know, take up certain professions like being a doctor or engineer or a lawyer. When, you know, in your heart of hearts, you know that you really want to be something else. You want to be maybe a musician or a writer or some other career choice that isn't particularly, you know, appealing to society and appealing to your parents and your family. And um, it, it can be very hard to deal with situations where you realize that you're expected to be a certain person when you're not actually that person. Right. And I do feel that struggle is universal with a lot of people. And I feel like that struggle is especially like, you know, just discussed in the LGBTQIA community because, you know, it affects mm -hmm. even something as basic as who we get to, you know, spend time with and who we want to be in a relationship with. But, you right. know, and uh, that can, you know, happen to a lot of people as well, you know, having like uh, relationships with people that, you know, you don't want to have a relationship with because it's an arranged marriage or something like that. There's a lot of expectation yeah. society puts on us, on all of us. And I think that trying to break away from that can be very difficult because, you know, A, you're going to feel really guilty, like, especially when it comes to like dealing with your parents. Because, you know, we just have this idea that our parents did everything for us and, you know, they sacrificed so much just so that we could have good lives and, you know, uh, they just want to take care of us and look out for our best interests. You know, the least we can do is give something back to them and be the person they want us to be. And um, yeah. a lot of guilt comes from that, a lot of shame. And I see so many people who just can't break away from it and who continue to like fulfill uh, society's expectations of them even when they know that it's not what they want to do. We don't have like very individualistic sense of goals and self. It's more like what society would think of you now that you've, you know, you're, you're the correct person that you need to be for society. And um, I think it's really just about taking maybe a step back and realizing that you can listen to other people when they tell you what to do it is a very easy way to live your life, you know? You never have to really worry right. and introspect and do any of that, you know? You can always feel very proud of yourself because, you know, you've been an obedient child or you've been like, you know, a good person in society and you've always received validation and approval because of it. But in the end, you know, if you, I really do believe if you're not going to do what you authentically really want to do for yourself, you're never going to be very happy. I feel like it leads to a lot of leads to a lot of bitterness and it leads to like a never-ending cycle that even when maybe <clears throat> you are responsible for someone else's life like a younger sibling or a child or you know something like that you're just going to want yeah. to impose your expectations on them as well because you fulfilled all of society's expectations so everyone else should as well and it's a vicious cycle and I I think it affects so many people's lives especially in our society like so many people are miserable because of these things and I really do hope that, you know, people realize that happiness is never going to come from listening to other people. You really just have yeah. to do what you want to do. It's not a selfish thing. I think it's a very courageous thing. And I do think that it's going to make you happier and more successful than anything ever else could because it's, it's an authentic view. You're being the person you're meant to be and that's always going to work out better for you than being someone else. And, um, you know, I do think there is a lot of safety concerns and like you know our concerns about violence especially when it comes to telling the lgbtqia yeah. community to like be authentic because not everyone is in an environment and a family that allows them to do that 
it can be very like dangerous for some people to just you know blindly follow advice that they should just be themselves i feel like there should always be a little bit of like thought that goes into it you know uh financial mm-hmm. freedom and maybe like uh having like some sort of friend or some sibling or some cousin who can give you support and never putting yourself in like a physically or mentally endangering situation and i do think yeah. that you know there's a lot of like people who have done it who have come out of the worst situations with you know uh, in terms of purely like being queer and having to come out to your family mm-hmm. and the family is not supportive they're toxic uh they try to put you into conversion or you know there's a lot of homophobia or transphobia all of those very negative things that can come a lot of people have gone through it and they have come out on the other side and you know they are being their best authentic selves and they are so much happier for it but there is going to be struggle there is going to be like you know uh, some things yeah. that you might have to sacrifice but it's really up to you and the priorities you have if your priority is going to be like you know yourself and being authentic to yourself yeah. and surely that decision can never lead you wrong but you i mean it's always good to have uh, you know a safety net and just be concerned about your safety as well and that's the best advice that i could possibly offer mhm so we are on to our fifth cue and mm-hmm. i would like to ask you is there a quote or a phrase that you find yourself repeating in your head yes there is and um, you know considering we we've, we've been speaking okay. about uh, particularly about the lgbtqi community and everything uh, it's sort of like a bit of an addition to my previous answer about advice to someone struggling with expressing themselves i think yeah. that um, the number one concern that most gay people have and trans people and bisexual people and lesbian people all of them the main concern is like how how am i going to come out to like my friends and my family no one wants to be alone no one wants to be rejected no one wants to feel you know uh, hated or feel negative feelings just because some very natural personal part of your personality is not approved of by the other person it's very unfair and you know we will do our best to hide it and lie about it and change it before we ever even think of telling another person and because we were very scared to lose the people around us and i think the best thing that i a quote that really helped me come come out to my friends and my family was uh, it's a bit of a tongue twister but i'll try to remember it uh yeah. the people who mind wait one second one second Okay so like if you want to come out to someone or something you know the people who uh mind and who have a problem with it uh they don't matter and the people who matter are not going to mind so you know the, the people who you're meant to be around are always going to be the people who support you and right. for who you are authentically and if someone is not supporting you for who you are authentically you're just not meant to be around that person even if that person is your best friend or a family member it's just it's not up to you to fix that relationship and hide parts of yourself for that relationship it's not a good relationship then and you know whoever it is it's just just not good for you to keep that around so yeah that helped me a lot in coming out so i i do like to remind myself of it yeah totally so that was a great answer and <laughs> i hope this reaches out to everyone who is in need to express themselves irrespective of their gender Mhm definitely. So, yeah, that was a great time talking to you and it was a very 
you know a life changing thought for <laughs> me and as well as everyone around us because you know as we talked earlier once you are educated about it you slowly start to you know break those chains or the thoughts we have instilled in ourselves in past yes definitely and, and thank you so much for having me and for this wonderful conversations i really appreciate all of your questions they were very well thought out and uh, i really had a wonderful thank time talking you. to you thank you we we had a fun too so yes, thank you yes. so much thank, thank you so you. much all right bye bye